Welcome to Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And we are picking back up with this small series on money and the Christian. We introduced it with some basic principles uh, by which to operate, such as the fact that if you love it, it is something that will destroy you. Learn to be content in your circumstances that you find yourself in, so on and so forth. Uh, Then last time we brought up that age-old issue of tithing, and to put it simply, tithing is something that belonged to Israel as a nation, and so therefore it is not something for the church. And this, of course, assumes you understand that Israel and the church are distinct. If you don't agree with that, then we would say tithe away, Uh, but just do it as the Bible actually commands it, which is a lot more than 10%. It's more like 25%. So again, in the New Testament, tithing is never commanded, uh, or is it even mentioned with regard to the church? And yet 10% is still used by many, uh, many believers and many churches to determine what a person should give. Uh, Some of the best money management programs for church members today strongly push the tithe uh, as a core element of their teaching as well. Uh, But we learn that that is not actually correct. It is not correct to see 10% as the guiding rule for believers. In fact, there are some problems that can even arise from using the tithe as your basis of giving. Um, Simple one is legalism. Uh, You can quickly begin to judge yourself and others by the faithfulness of a percentage given. uh, And it's often a source of great pride. But the opposite can work as well, uh, such as giving no more than 10%, um, feeling that you've done your duty, uh, or frankly, because you don't have to do 10%, you'll give like one yeah. or a half. Um, that's a, that's or, a good point. Or, you know, kind of like, oh, I feel like I haven't given in a while, maybe I should give a little something. Um, so it's kind of thoughtless. Um, so let us let us just make something, some things, something clear. The fact that one person gave 10% weekly their whole life as a believer is not any more impressive or obedient than one who has only given 3%. Per yeah, week. yeah, that's that's important to grasp, and yet I think it's hard. Uh, at least my generation, an older, the older group, they would say, "Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa!" Um, but it's it's not based upon your percentage. There's a whole different point of judging yourself in all of this. So, at the core of New Testament giving, as we're going to discover today, is the attitude rather than. The amount. In other words, there's a better way to give. Uh, so lap, last episode, we mentioned additional types of giving that Israel would uh, take part in. Uh, they were known as the first fruits offering and the free will offering. Remember, the setting for this was the building of the tabernacle, and the result was this overabundance of giving. Uh, they didn't have a building program, uh, simply a call of devotion and love and worship, but the uh, results were flat out astounding. So we would argue that this is still in effect today. Simply put, we are to give to the Lord out of a love that we have for him. However, there is still required giving by every Christian, just like it was for any Jew. But it's now to the government through taxation. So no Christian is allowed not to pay taxes owed. Now, I remember when I first came to our church, 
years ago, and that there's a business owner, and these were the guys that um, they were fiercely anti-abortion, which was fine. I was too, but um, the wife told Kim that she would uh, help connect me with a pastor up here in Milwaukee area, um, who's actually now uh, helping teach um, folks like at Apologia and other places some of the the biblical doctrines on uh, on how to rebel against the government. Oh, the lesser magistrates. Yeah, the lesser magistrates and stuff like that. Um, and and I was I was told, hey, uh, we'll, we'll introduce you. He can help you get unregistered firearms. I'm like. <laughs> I'm not looking for him. I'm, I'm, it's like, I, I'm a big Second Amendment guy, but come on. Uh, that was like our introduction, and Kim's like, okay, I'll tell Matt. But her husband owned his own construction business, uh, and one of the things they were very open and proud about was that they would never pay any income tax. Um, they would never pay taxes uh, for the their employees or nothing. And it's just not allowed. Um in Matthew 17, Christ himself paid taxes. Um, Matthew 22, Christ said those famous words, then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Uh, Romans 13, 6 and 7 bluntly commands, for it is because of this that you also pay taxes for rulers or servants of God devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Yeah. Uh, then free will uh, giving is what we should be focusing on in our private giving to the churches where we worship. Um, that was that category also in the Old Testament, your free will offering, right. which is above and beyond all the required stuff. So as a result, note that no amount is going to be mentioned because it's not really the issue. Merely uh, just listen to some passages as we read them and, and see what the focus is. So Matthew six nineteen through 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Rather, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, Luke 6, 38 says, give, and it will be given to you. Um, they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Uh, notice that these first two are given by Jesus in the context of Israel. Um, they were still to be doing the tithes that were commanded in the law. Uh, and then on top of that, they're responsible for the various fees and taxes put on them by the Roman government. So Jesus is simply saying that beyond that, there is to be a heart attitude in the free will giving. Uh, so we're not to hold our money really close to our chests to protect it. Uh, God's people should be known instead for being a giving people or a generous people. And you can think about it because if a quarter of their giving is already being taken up with the tithe, and then the Roman government on top of that is... Um, just and and the tax gatherers mm -hmm. were able to invent, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, oh, you're going to go across this uh, bridge? Yeah, there's a tax, and they would en enrich themselves. And then the corruption of the money changers. Yes, and so money was being taken from them right and left. And and what's fascinating in it is at no point does Jesus then give them the out to say this is corrupt, this is evil, this is wrong. He says, render it, show the honor. 
And oh, by the way, don't stir your treasures here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that must have been actually a hard word for many of them because, I mean, they they are being taken advantage of, and and it's at that point where you then start to rework your view of scripture and well, commands. And, and yeah, and what is interesting is the only one he that he rebukes in all of those different categories are the um, money changers. Yeah. Um, the ones within the God's system. people, yeah. the church, if you will, even though it's not the church, um, which is just so ironic, just given all the junk that pastors try pulling today to basically rob their people and guilt them into yeah. giving. Um, so then as Second Corinthians 9, 7 says, each one must do just as he has purposed, here's the key phrase, in his heart not grudgingly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So we're going to develop these passages in greater detail in an upcoming episode or two, but right now just a brief look is sufficient. Notice that the place where the amount to give is to come from your heart. Um, In other words, from your desires. Uh, Notice that the attitude is very important. Uh, It is not reluctantly and not because someone is pushing you, nor is it because of a guilty conscience. Um, and we would add to that, if your heart is begrudging, it is not then the righteous excuse not to give. Um, it simply means you love money and you should repent. Yeah. I actually have known people who said, well, I, I don't feel like I can give cheerfully, so I'm not going to give. <laughs> and, and somehow they think they've, they found the loophole. <laughs> it's like, psych. It's like, wow, you got God. He's up there. Oh, we almost had him. Um, so today what we're going to do is give, uh, one more principle related to giving, uh, and, and we have other principles we want to build on, but today we're just going to focus on this one. Again, we're trying to keep these nice and short, uh, to not overwhelm you because we know it's actually a touchy subject for many. Uh, the principle is this, give primarily and firstly to your own church, uh, so the primary place of your giving should be to your local church. Um, over the last couple hundred years, a unique situation has arisen with, within some countries such as ours, and that situation is known as the parachurch organization, something we've talked about in past episodes. Many of these groups are, are very focused and often exist because they either had an effective method or they saw a need in the local church and they just developed it. So uh, unfortunately, however, parachurch groups have a way of diverting money that would normally go to your own church and therefore ultimately stifles the abilities of your church to grow and to do things that would be useful for the well-being of its people. I, I, I actually want you guys to think about that. If you are diverting a lot of your funds to these various parachurch organizations, just maybe take an, have an appointment with your pastor and just ask him, you know, if you saw a 20% increase in offerings, what, what would that mean to the church? And you might be shocked at the number of things that the pastor's heart and the, your leadership has a burden to do. They just don't have the finances. Um, and it's because oftentimes people are diverting all that money to their own pet organizations that they really, really like. Uh, so it's very interesting, would be very interesting to find how much money flows into various other entities rather than to a given local church. And so just think about the things that could have happened in that local church if people were giving there. Yeah, so in, in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4, 
Uh, Paul writes these words. He says, now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, let each one of you put aside and save, as he may prosper, that no collections be made when I come. And when I arrive, whomever you may approve, I shall send them with letters to carry your gift to Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. So verse two here talks about putting aside and saving. Uh, The word here for save comes from the Greek word uh, thesarizo, um, which is where you get thesaurus, actually. Um, It's a collection of words. Yep, exactly. So the, the basic meaning then in this context is to store up, it's to save, it's making some see this as a call for each person to set up a special fund designed to be, to use as giving as needs arise. Um, it also means like a money box or a chamber or a warehouse, again, a collection of something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if we understand the historical setting, uh, it actually helps here. Corinth was a Gentile city with many, many temples. The temples all had a, Thesarizo, um, where they stored the money that was received. So for the Corinthian believers, the most natural understanding when being told to put their money in Thesarizo would be to think of the place that they worshiped, which was the local church. Uh, Notice also the last half of verse two. Uh, He says, as he may prosper, um, and then why? So that no collections be made when I come. The, the purpose then was so that when Paul arrived, he wouldn't have to go from person to person and gather the money. Yeah. Um, this best makes sense if they were all just, you know, giving you a central place. And, and the point that we're trying to make here is a lot of people really take offense at the collection plate or the time of offering or whatever. For whatever reason, they, they don't like it. It's, I'll give, it's my money and I'll give as I see the need. And they don't like that idea that it's all being gathered. And well, I like to know where my money is going, which already betrays right. a horrendous thinking. It's not your money, never was your money. Um, I, I, I will also add, churches need to be wise about that too. It's not your money either. It is the Lord's money and yes. you need to be found wise with it. But um, any of you who are pushing against that idea of giving to that local church, no, I like to direct my money to these various groups. I like to know where. Um, I, w- I would just say, in light of passages like that, they should yeah. rethink it. It's one of the one of the reasons we have just a box sitting back here behind our worship center is when you come in and out, just slip it in there. We don't we don't do like ushers walk. Not that is evil, but ushers walking up and down, right. and now it's an act of a, a moment of worship, and you're putting the, and people like that feeling and. The, it, nothing wrong or evil with that. Right. Like Paul here's like, look, just collect the money and stick it in a box. And, <laughs> <laughs> and when I come, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's simple. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I would, I would just say there, don't over spiritualize the moment. Right. Like, and it's also why people don't resist the online giving as well, because they're like, I want to physically place it in so it's, it feels like a more of an act of worship. Yeah. And it's like, I can appreciate it at one level, another level, but sometimes you'll just not give because you'll forget your checkbook or you'll skip a week of attendance yep. and then you won't make up for that. Yep. But if you are doing it online where you're just every week or whatever having it come out, you're actually supporting the work and you're being faithful. And I remember a guy... Um, he came and he's like, Pastor, I want to meet with you. Okay. Uh, 
you know, I, I, and he, he said, you know, I, I'm, I want to start giving. <laughs> I look at him <laughs> and, and, uh, I said, meaning you're not right now? He's like, no, no. Um, but, but I want to. And he's like, I just want to know, uh, what are the funds I can give to? And I said, what, what we need you to do is just give to our general fund. And we only had like two funds. And we really, I think we still only have three evangelism, missions, and general. Um, and we started up a scholarship fund for the, uh, members of the church who might not be able to afford the school to help them. But, um, we kept it limited. And so I, I told him, I said, just give it to the general fund. He's like, no, no, if, if I want to know exactly where my money's going, uh, I don't, I don't want it to be a waste. I want it to go for the Lord's work. And I, I just looked at him and I said, um, Sam, just keep it. Just keep it. I, I, we don't want your money then. And he, he was like, what? I, I was so offended. And I said, what do you mean that you want it to go for, you know, the Lord's work. He's like, well, I want it for the winning of souls. I want it for this and that. And I said, you understand that my family literally eats because people give to the general fund. And if they don't give, my family doesn't eat. I said, the very fact that every week I get up and I preach and I teach and I do discipleship and all the other stuff, like meeting with you every single week at your house, is because I'm supported. And it's all from the general fund. I said, and, and you find that maybe we'll misuse the funds? I said, if you can't trust your leadership, then we don't want your money at all. And he, he was quite taken aback. He also didn't give. <laughs> and I'm just like, just stop. You know, you're missing the whole point. I was, I mean, it, that was many, many, many years ago, but I was so deeply offended by somehow that, you know, just a church should never make... Um, if you can't trust your leadership, you've got a deeper issue. Either the leadership needs to be removed or you need to remove yourself from that church. One of those two goes on, but that lack of trust, um, that's just terrible. Anyhow, um, my rants. No, that's a good point. And also you like toilet paper in the bathroom. Well, yeah. Well, that's why I said, I said, you, you, <laughs> We, we have the air conditioning so that you're comfortable during the summer months. We have electric lights so you can see. It's not like we're doing sexy stuff with this money. We're just paying our bills. Yeah. 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 Toilet paper. That's a, I remember, I remember when we started to grow as a church and our toilet paper budget, <laughs> uh, the guy came to me. He's like, uh, Pastor, we got a problem. I'm like, okay, what? He's like, well, we've used up our budget for uh, custodial supplies. I'm like, right? And he's like, well, like we buy toilet paper with that. I said, buy toilet paper. He's like, well, we've used our budget. I'm like, dude, <laughs> we're only six months in. <laughs> Nobody's going to yell at you because we're in the red for toilet paper, okay? That's a good sign. <laughs> in front of like, the website, BYOTP. <laughs> 10 a.m. Um, actually, some would because at that point, he was trying to stretch it by using the one-ply. <laughs> and there was a general Outcry rebellion. People, <laughs> it's yeah. like, bring back the two-ply. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, our friends in Africa, they're pulling leaves off of bushes. <laughs> yeah. Again, no class in seminary for this stuff, right? No, no there was, yeah, you're right. I, uh, anyhow, go ahead. Well, let's just so wander down. 
Yeah. So, um, point four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so rem- remember also that the church is commanded to care for, again, as we're saying here, the, 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 the physical needs of those who teach them, First Timothy 5. Um, this is most efficiently done when the entire church is pooling their money to then use to support the teachers or the elders of the church, not to mention the widows or those truly struggling with financial problems, um, missionaries, so on and so forth. I almost freaked out. I thought I forgot to push the button. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> we are recording. <laughs> Phew. <laughs> We're not unknown to nope. not do that. We've done that. Okay. It also fits uh, the pattern in the book of Acts. So um, I just finished preaching on this not that long ago. In Acts 4, 34 to 37, it says, Now there, for there was not a needy person among them, being the church. So socialism. Yeah, 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 it's it's clear. Uh, For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who also and who owned a tract of land, sold it. And brought all the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Uh, I always laugh at the people who uh, that they're big on the home churches and stuff like that, and they're like, "Well, the uh, that's what the early church." Had. I'm like, technically, the early church met in the Solomon's uh, porch, and if you really want to do only what the early church did, then you would bring your offering and lay it at the feet of the leadership. So, if you want to start doing that. Yeah, I'll get a Moses chair up there. Yeah, and you can just sit there very, very, you know, sober looking and 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 now let each of you come and present your offering at my feet on the back. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, and yet that's what the early church did. Um, it doesn't mean, the point though is it doesn't mean that you don't give to others uh, that you see uh that you see a need. Uh, just don't become so fractured in your giving that the local church uh, that is raising you up in the faith is hurt by the process. So again, you see a family that's just hurting, go help them. You don't have to give it to the church and then try to get that money shoveled over. Just go help them. But don't get so fractured again that now somehow your uh, your local church that is building you up is somehow harmed. So a fruitful suggestion we would give is to go and examine your giving. Uh, That's your homework this week. Where is it focused and why? How does it reflect a delight in God and the gift of the church where you are able to have fellowship with other believers? That's That's so important. Just does your giving reflect the idea that your church is a gift that God's given you? Uh, Where can you learn? Uh, from faithful men. Where are you able to share in the Lord's Supper? These are true gifts that are easily forgotten, and we say that's where your support should be. So we're going to leave off here, pick up the subject again in the next episode. We plan on giving uh, five more principles related to our heart toward money and how we might learn to view money differently and then uh, than what the, uh, this age does. The Bible is replete with warnings, uh, warnings on the lure of money, and it's a wise man or woman who will heed those warnings. And so we think that through the Spirit's help, as you heed the principles, that you will be well-equipped to battle your own heart 
and be a blessing as you store up your treasure in heaven. So until then, we ask that you continue to like, share these podcasts, rate, review us on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and tell a friend. Mm-hmm.